Okay. <coughs> I'm wearing the headphones. You're listening to Serendipity. Yes. With Anne Hepperman. And me, Martin Johnson. Maybe we should start uh, again. Mm-hmm. Like, like. Maybe you should say my name and then I'll say your name. So you're listening to Serendipity. And my name is. Oh shit, no, Martin Johnson. What? <laughs> you're making things so confusing, Anne. No, hosted, hosted by Martin Johnson. And Anne Hepperman. Right? We're the acoustic version. Yeah. And we are so proud to introduce first place winner mm-hmm. of the first Sarah Awards. And it's called Almost Flamboyant. And it's from Australia. Amazing. From around the world. Woo. Mm-hmm. And it's written by. It's written by Rain Collins and produced by Leah Redfern. I got those right. Yeah, you got those right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it tells the story. Do you want to tell us what the story tells us? Don't give it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> Sorry. But you actually talked with them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Hello. Hello. Good. We've all assembled. Okay. Sounding good. Okay. So who is here? Who's online? Uh, this is Rain Collins. I'm the writer of Almost Flamboyant. And Lee Redfern, the producer of Almost Flamboyant. Okay, where are you? Uh, I am in Melbourne, Australia, and Lee's in Sydney. Tell me about this story. It's a rather surreal tale about a woman who's quite fed up with her life, happens to chance upon a piece of taxidermy in a rubbish bin in a Melbourne alleyway, and he teaches her quite a bit about life and the best way to handle it and approach it. Are you, are you that woman? Like, have you ever had like a time where you just were fed up and then just started talking to taxidermy? I actually talk to my taxidermy quite often. <laughs> um, yeah, the main character in my novel that I'm about 35,000 words in on is an amateur taxidermist. So I've started doing my own workshops and I have a flat full of quite a lot of birds at the moment so not so much when I get fed up just when I'm writing I've got a big snow goose above my writing desk and I turn to him and ask him how he feels about things that I've written. What was the last conversation that you had with your taxidermy? I think I'm done Willis. So how about it's time for a coffee? He doesn't answer back just so you know. So now you're going to listen to Almost Flamboyant, written by Rain Collins and produced by Leah Redford. The trick is to move so slowly they don't see you. I keep my elbow on a window ledge and gently bend forward to my cigarette. One, two, inhale then slide back. They never notice the smoke in this alley, not with the steam from the Thai restaurant next door billowing out in angry little bursts. I take another drag and watch the tall one with the fish tattoos. I spend each lunch break here, smoking menthols and watching workmen gut the building opposite. They're dragging things from the third floor room and tossing them out the window into the skip below. I watch curtains tumble down, then a red stool with a mirrored back. 
I see it fall and I wonder whether it'll bring them seven years bad luck for breaking it, or me for watching. I've had about all the bad juju I can take, believe me. I'm just grinding my cigarette out when I see the flamingo. The bearded one lifts it by the beak and wiggles it from side to side, as though it's talking to the tall one. Their laughter carries across the alley to my window ledge. And then out it sails, a shock of pink feathers in flight down a Chinatown alley. Taxidermy kind of creeps me out, to be honest. I look at the flamingo's skinny legs poking out of the skip and wonder what kind of weird-ass nightclub they had up there on the third floor. Once, Max brought me home a taxidermy squirrel he found in a garage sale, dressed in a silk robe with its paws raised in boxing gloves. It had a ferocious expression, like it was facing the fight of its furry little life. I'm sure Max meant it to be cute, but its pose disturbed me so much that I had to turn its tiny fist to the wall. I bury the cigarette butt deep in the waste paper bin and rinse the cup so my boss doesn't know I've been smoking inside. I try not to think about Max as I pull the window closed. When I finish my shift, the sun is a fireball dropping low over Melbourne. In the stifling heat, the smell of lemongrass and chilli is almost overwhelming. I'm just passing the skip when I remember the flamingo. I stop, place my hands on the side, and peer over. The flamingo is resting on its back. It's taller than I expected, about five feet, with a shock of hot pink feathers. I stand on tiptoe. The curve of its beak is actually quite elegant, and I turn my head to the side to get a better look. Are you going to fucking help me or just stare? I stumble backwards, my ass on the cobblestones before I know it. I look around the alley, then up at the windows, and it comes again, deep and graveled from inside the skip. Hey, girlie. Do you know what the collective noun is for a group of flamingos? The thing is, I do. I, I really do. Is, is it, it a flamboyance? flamboyance? <coughs> Are you asking me or telling me? God damn, this bird is surly. I climb to my feet and creep closer. When I look back in, those shiny glass eyes are staring right at me. Little help? I must have put on weight since Max left, because it takes me a few goes to swing my legs over. I try not to huff in front of the bird. I don't want him smirking at me. I carefully take him by the midriff and prop him against the metal as I climb back over. When I lift him, I can see what a state he's in. A banana peel wrapped around his foot and shards of mirror embedded in his feathers. I reach down and pick the banana peel off. Not very flamboyant, am I? Nah, you're okay. <laughs> you're not so bad yourself. I smile. It seems like the right thing to do. I'm headed, I'm home. headed home. Do you need a... I, I try to find the right word. Do you need a, a, a lift somewhere? 
Why don't you just take me the way you're headed? And so I reach one arm around his feathers and gently tuck him into the curve of my elbow. He's pretty chilled, it turns out. I mean, he was cantankerous when I found him, but wouldn't you be lying in a filthy skip? He asks me about my day as I walk him to the tram stop, occasional racking coughs making him shudder in my arms. I tell him about the customer who complained about my lack of sincerity when I wished her a good day. My boss was so pissed off that when I checked the roster, I saw he'd been relegated to the dreaded breakfast shift again. I sigh and say, What can you do? As we head past rows of smoked ducks hanging in a restaurant window. You can burn the damn place down. Isn't that a little harsh? If you could roll his glass eyes at me, I get the feeling he would. Hey, listen, girly. Life's too short for that shit. You've got a spine. Straighten it. I don't answer. I weave in amongst the crowd, trying to protect him from being jostled. When a small child reaches up to stroke his feathers, I jerk him away. My flamingo. I want to shake my head at her. Mine. When we reach the tram stop on Brunswick Street, I set him down. I take a seat with one hand around him. Has anyone told you that you sound like a Polish Tom Waits? <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot. We wait for the tram. It's a comfortable silence, and I'm not looking to fill it. The air is hot and muggy. I close my eyes, feeling the warmth of the sun on my eyelids as I bask. I'm almost dozing when it happens. My left arm is jerked so violently I nearly get pulled off the bench. I open my eyes with a gasp and see a kid, no more than 17, with one hand on my bag, pulling hard. My fingers are wrapped around the strap and each time he tugs, I lurch forward with the momentum. Drop it, bitch! He's trying to be tough, but I can hear the panic in his voice. A simple snatch and grab is turning into something else, and I don't know which of us is more surprised that I'm not letting go. I can feel the sour taste of rage in the back of my throat rising quickly. I don't plan it, I swear. It's just that my right arm lifts from the flamingo and then my fist shoots out in a way it's never done before. I see the boy's nose and I feel a short, sharp thrill when it connects. Ah! Fuck. There are no thoughts for me in my head, only a blind fucking fury that makes my head burn. The boy sprawls on the footpath. He has one palm raised to me, blood smeared across his nostrils. I'm glaring at him, wondering what I'm meant to do next. When the humming starts. The flamingo has fallen against the glass of the tram shelter. His humming is low and loud. A song I know, but can't quite get my thoughts straight enough to identify. When I look back, the boy is already ten metres away splattering blood as he races down Brunswick Street. I slide my fist between my knees as I reach to straighten the flamingo. I'm not really sure what to say as the tram rattles to a stop. We're climbing up the stairs when he says, Hey, girlie. I take a window seat and prop him next to me. Yeah? 
The doors hiss closed and we sway forward. <laughs> nice work. I nod. All business. Cheers. We're just crossing Gertrude Street when he starts humming again. When the words come, they're as husky as his laugh. Nigerian skeleton crew. We're fighting away a dreamland spine. Black flamingos, expensive one. <laughs> I smile at him. I know the song now, but I don't join in. I just listen to him as I rest my head against the window. I think of the space where Max used to keep his bookshelf. It's just about the right size, I decide. A little more than five feet. Ice, a fish on the tree. I wonder if my hand's going to swell. It's throbbing so much I can't keep it still. I listen to the flamingo sing me his Tom Waits lullaby as we head home. And then I lift one pink wing and gently nestle my sore hand underneath it, deep amongst the feathers. Do you know that song? I don't think I felt anything so warm and soft in my life. Oh, God, no, no. But I'm addicted to, or I'm noticing them all in souvenir shops and on clothes. And I've started, and I hate pink. I absolutely hate the colour pink with a passion. It's banned in all my classes. But I've been drawn to the pink flamingo. I can't stop noticing it now. But a real one, never. Leah, have you? Yeah, same same thing. I don't think I, I might have seen a real one in a zoo one time. But I've been... Um, getting people's flamingo stories and a friend wrote to me on Facebook to say that um, she used to sneak into the zoo and feed the flamingos which I thought was really lovely yeah well apparently they left the bucket of fish lying around between feeding times and as she puts it what's a girl to do she just loved the flamingos and wanted to give them a bit extra which I thought was oh. really sweet I hope she didn't do them damage and I'm not endorsing this but um, yeah no, I'm just, a cute story I'm just to pinch that for a story that's wonderful I'm taking that yoink <laughs> Wait, what? you got to be careful around writers. Oh, my goodness. I know. So, and I was, like, thinking, you have a cat, mm-hmm. and your cat doesn't like me. No, uh, she doesn't she, like anybody. No, she doesn't she, like anybody, but, but she likes she's you. Actually, no, she's been pretty hostile towards you. Yeah. And she's yeah. like a troll, like, guarding you and hissing at me. Yeah. And showing her claws. And mm-hmm. um, so you have a very lovely cat. And I was like thinking, would you ever like st- stuff your cat in order to keep her? I might. Like, I th- I'm thinking like in the claw position. Like, that might be kind of nice. Yeah. And it's time for the credits. Okay. 
see if you can do it this time. Oh, you can't. You know, yes, no. Yes, you can. Try, 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 oh. try doing something. Try it. Okay, so you've been listening to Almost Flamboyant by Ring Collins and Leah Redfern. Uh, Serendipity is a monthly podcast of the Sarah Awards, an initiative of Sarah Lawrence College and supported by KCRW's independent radio project. Independent, okay, KCRW's independent producers project. But you're doing really good. Yeah. Okay, and so all that complicated stuff is said, so uh, send us postcards. We put up our physical address um, online. You can send it to Sweden or you can send it to the States. Okay. And and we love postcards. Mm-hmm. We love them very much. Mm-hmm. So send us some mm-hmm. and we would be very grateful. And and that's that's all from Serendipity in the Apartment Studio series. <laughs>